Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Quick Butter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is January 5th, 2022. By the way, Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Hope 2022 is a good one for you. It is currently 2.02 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. I'm up late doing my thing, doing my work, because that's who I am. I'm a guy who... I can't work in the daytime. I play in the daytime, do all my work at night. What can I say, right? All right. I'm going to turn this music down and start to, start to get to my podcast. All right. So I hope everything is going good on your side. You know, the weather well, the weather here has been crazy. Well, I'm sorry. I, let me backtrack about that. The weather here has been rainy. <laughs> it's just been raining a lot lately. And, um, you know, it, Hawaii... Our version of your snow in the mainland is rain. So up there in the mainland, I'm sure it's snowing a lot of area in a lot of areas because winter has just started. You know, a lot of people think winter starts like over November. It actually starts officially on December 21st, and uh, yeah. So so and, it, and then it keeps going to like the, about April 21st. So we have a lot more of this. We have a lot more of this. Everyone thinks it ends like early in, in early March. No, it actually officially winter ends April 21st begins December 21st. It doesn't begin in, in November, even though that's when temperatures start to drop. So for some of you who, who are saying, oh, you know, it's been a little warm until wintertime, and I keep reminding everyone, well, it's, it's still early December. It's still really, really early. You know, December 21st is the official, the official date when winter actually starts. That is the official date of, the, the official date that we are told by the scientists out there, even the climate experts out there, that that's when winter actually starts. So when you start hearing, like, you know, Joe Biden out there saying, well, winter's really warm, and winter's really, really warm right now, here in November. No, it, I'm sorry, it's still fall. Joe, it's still fall. <sighs> All right, don't get me started on Joe Biden. Uh, because I can keep going on, going on about Joe Biden. Okay, so today, I got to get this off my chest right now. So, so today, today this uh, this gentleman stopped by and, and uh, stopped by my house unsolicited, uh, looking for work, looking for landscaping work. Because apparently, when you know, I guess these these uh, Samoans, he's a Samoan guy. Samoan, he described himself as Samoan, Samoan, Hawaiian, and also Irish, but he looks like a local. Big husky guy, looks like a guy who, who maybe had played linebacker in football one day before. And uh, so he stops by my place. And it's obvious that our house, house is undergoing construction because there's wood everywhere, everywhere. There's trash inside of the front yard. And he stops by, looks at our yard and, you know, starts soliciting, was, um, I guess, uh, whether or not we are interested in, in some work, landscaping work. And of course, you know... Uh, we're an open book, right? And you know the, these Samoans, they stop by now every now and then, and every and they're just hungry for work. And I, I'm open to it. This is capitalism at its best. You see someone who may need work, fine, we'll go ahead and listen to you. Now, for one reason or another, the conversation actually got steered toward sovereignty. Now, here in Hawaii. Here in Hawaii, uh, there is a narrative, and I would say this narrative is basically true, uh, that Hawaii was illegally taken over by the United States. Now, I would say basically true, and I say basically as a, you know, tongue-in-cheek thing here, because a lot of people may, people may get offended, um, is that you know, you know, the, the United States showed up on the shores of Hawaii uh, with a battleship and with a military, and then 
really just just forced our queen Lilio Kalani to I guess resign her resign her position as queen and then turn over the I guess the territory of Hawaii to the United States. All right, so this this gentleman here I guess he said he was very very offended by that and because he did not get the choice to actually choose which government. Uh, I guess he, I guess which government he would want it to, he, he would want to, uh, I guess, live under. And under, and I, I can understand where he's coming from right now because in the, in the current administration, which controls our lives, uh, here in Hawaii, the 50th state of Hawaii, uh, they are completely communist. They are locking us down. They are completely pro-mask and, and they're, they're handling the, the entire COVID, I guess, pandemic very, very poorly. Okay. And, and I'm on his side with that. And then on top of that, the United States, again, I don't have to you know, preach to the choir here because I know all of you folks, for the majority, agree with me. Joe Biden has not been you know, handling this, this pandemic very great. And uh, you know, I don't like it for a fact that they're pushing, uh, I guess, fake ra- racism among, among our entire country, uh, demonizing the police, demonizing you know, first responders, demonizing those who are not vaccinated. I don't like that at all. And, uh, you know, do, do I want parts of America to actually recess, I guess, from the, from the United States? No, not actually, I don't. I really, really don't want that to happen. But boy, with Joe Biden at power, and if the Democrats are going to be stealing our elections a lot more frequently, I may actually support that. And, um, and would I support a sovereignty movement here in Hawaii? I think that was the major question here of, of ourselves pulling away from the United, United States, and then to become our own separate country. Um, yeah, I would kind of, you know, if the United States continued on this path, this of spiraling downward and uh, spiraling toward communism, I would actually maybe support it. Because, you know, uh, a monarchy would be so much better than the monarchy that is currently controlling our government right now. Because don't make no mistake our governors, our liberal governors are acting like kings or queens, depending on which state you live in. And then on top of that, Joe Biden and the Democrats are acting like a monarch where your, your voice means absolutely nothing. In fact, they, wanna, they want to do everything in their power to silence your voice by using the internet as their, as their way to take away your soapbox, your freedom of speech. If you, if you go out there and say, hey, wait a minute. I think something fishy happened on January 6th, and I don't think it's an insurrection. All of a sudden, you're going to get the, get the IRS uh, the IRS on your ass, right? Or something like that. You may get the feds raiding your house, taking away your copy of the Constitution, because that has happened, right? And, and so you don't really want to, you know, do you really want to be part of a country like that? Personally, I really don't want to be part of that country. Now, again, if we follow down that road... I would probably maybe even support some type of sovereignty movement, and I would even support some type of sovereignty movement with Texas and Florida and, and all the other southern states and say, hey, you know what? You can have your liberalism in California or Minnesota or New York. Give me my freedom in California. Give me my freedom in Texas, Georgia, you know, all this, uh, Alabama, uh, you know, Mississippi, Florida, and even then if Hawaii wants to say, hey, you know what? We want to separate. Fine. Separate. Fine. Just separate, Right. Now, where I, where I disagreed with this gentleman was that the handling of, his, of um, how, I guess, 
I guess once sovereignty would be achieved, right? And they, they said they would achieve this in the courts uh, through through an arg- argument by by saying that you know they would argue it on the, on an international level at, and on the international courts, which actually have no no bearing on the United States whatsoever. So even if even if the, the courts ruled in favor of of uh, of Hawaii, it, it would not mean that the United States would ne- would then be forced to resign. Uh, uh, I guess the 50th state of Hawaii back to itself, right? And to be now the country of Hawaii. That would never ever happen. You know, whatever happens over there in Hague, that little like that little court where they're saying where they where they believe that their world court system actually has any any jurisdiction whatsoever on upon any sovereign nation is a bunch of BS. What they say over there in that little court will not dictate what the United States would do in its own country. So, I, so that's number one. I disagreed with him because he said we're going to take it over all the way to the all the way to that world court. What well, doesn't matter? It really doesn't matter. But here's what I really disagreed with him. He told me that my property. I, I would ask, what would happen to my property? Um, say, for example, once sovereignty was achieved, and he was, and he said it was. As he said it, it was very, 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 very. Um, 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 clear on what would happen and what their plan was. Now, what would happen was that um, if I would want to become a, a Hawaii citizen, then I would get to keep my land. All right, I would get to keep my land. But even then, I would know I would have the privilege to live on my land. But the land would then be would be given over to the Hawaiian government, and they would take ownership of the land which I paid for. Fee simple. All right, that doesn't sound very fair, right? And uh, he said, if, if I did not want to become a Hawaii citizen, then I'll be forced to move to America, and then my land would then be distributed, distributed among, among the Hawaiian citizens on who they felt deserved it. So again, the Hawaiians would get free land. Who, they, who do they, they consider Hawaiian people? Well, they actually were, this is, this is pretty interesting. Um, even though I'm full Chinese, he told me, because I was born and raised here, that I was actually a, a true Hawaiian. There was no difference between a Hawaiian that was born in Polynesia and had Polynesian blood and someone, uh, someone who actually was born here in Hawaii. So he said, for me, I, was cons- I am considered Hawaiian to him. And he's actually Hawaiian, right? And, uh, he, he, and he said, I would be entitled to this land because, again, I was a child born on the island of Hawaii. Now, that's pretty cool, but still... I don't believe that, say, for example, for my neighbors who weren't born here and they were they paid for this land, why would their land be completely taken away? And why would my land be, be completely taken away? And then I would have to ask the, the, the Hawaiian elders, you know, whether or not I could live on my land that I paid for. Fee simple. And I, and I told them, this is exactly, you know, this is exactly the problem that I have with this, situ- with this entire argument right here or his, or his proposal, was that what he was proposing to me was what the United States had done to the Hawaiians before. Because again, the, the, the Hawaiians before have, had accused the Hawaiian states, the, the United States, of just taking away their land forcefully. And there's still some debate on whether or not that is a true 100% argument. Right? It's very hard to say that the argument is 100% blanket statements because the United States, the, the businessmen who did come here, they did pay for the land and they traded for the land. And the and the Hawaii, the local Hawaiians who owned the land gave it to the businessmen through business transactions, and then now they're saying, "Oh well, the businessmen were like you know they 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 were uh, they they actually 
uh, cheated and the Hawaiians were kind of like, you know, you know, kind of bamboozled into giving the, giving over their land when they really didn't want to give over the land. Now, maybe they did do some like trickery on there and that wasn't very ethical, but still yet that deal had already happened. It's been there. It's been, you know, since the beginning of when the Hawaiians, I guess when the, when the 50th state became Hawaii part of the United States, you know, these deals are, have been, have been actually in, I guess, installed within our entire culture of our, our new culture of America. And you can't just renege on it because if you do that, then a lot of people are going to lose their land. Right. So I didn't really agree with that. In fact, I, I don't agree with that argument at all, because, again, if I wanted to live here, if I wanted to live here, I would have to give my land over to the Hawaii elders and then ask for, ask for the land back. And they would decide whether or not I would be worthy or not to live on a land that I just paid for. Now, again, when I kept telling him, he was kind of stuttering and he kept going back on his own words, but he was still very, very confident in, in his stance. And then he, then he kept saying to me, well, you know, Steve, you know, what the United States did is that they actually used force when they took over the, the, the United States, or when they, when they took over Hawaii, they actually used military force and intimidation when they took over Hawaii. And I told him, yeah, they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that's how you conquer land, right? That's how, that's how you take over land. Now, I asked him, where, you know, where, where was the Hawaiian military? Where was the Hawaiian military? Because they sh- the, the United States showed up with a battleship, right? Where was the Hawaiian military that, that we were promised, that David Kalakaua should have created and should have used to actually defend our borders? We had weak borders. And he said, well, we, we, had, a, we had a really, really good, um, what do you call it, a really good military. We had, um, we had canoes, he said. And the, and the canoes could actually go toe-to-toe with a battleship. Um, absolutely not. <laughs> that's that's very wishful thinking. I think maybe you know the canoe can maybe put you know, yeah, the, the canoe would not be able to go toe to toe with a U.S. battleship of any size of, of of any year. I'm sorry, that's just the way it was. That and on that battleship, there's so much firepower, there's so much weapons, it would just be a complete bloodbath. And you know, we're we're very lucky that it, it didn't end up going that route. Okay, now here's the also the other thing. If we were not taken over by the United States, well, you know, we would have been taken over by maybe the Germans or maybe even the Japanese. And it's completely true. And again, why did we get taken over? Because our government, our government did not have a large enough military to defend its borders. And that comes down, a country is always defined by its borders and then it's, it's the strength of its military. And then its willingness to defend to defend those borders. I have to add that caveat into there because right now in America we have borders. We have a great military, but are we defending our southern border? Absolutely not. So terrorists, drugs, you know, uh, um, underage prostitution can leak across the border, the, the southern border, or any other borders. We are not defending our borders at all. And we should, right? Because uh, if we don't, then we will, then the United States will eventually lose its country to others. Okay, countries are defined by their borders. We need to defend them. That's plain and simple. 
Okay. Now, here's the funny thing. So when I, I asked him, how did King Kamehameha unite the entire islands? Because here, are, here in the state of Hawaii, we have actually five islands. There's actually more, but five major islands. And on each different island, there was a, you know different different tribes head by different chiefs, right? They're all Hawaiians, but they all they all had their separate little chiefs. And King Kamehameha, he went, again, he wasn't king of all the islands. He went to each island and conquered each one by by basically giving the, giving them an ultimatum: you either are with me or against me. And if you are against me, I'm basically going to kill you and everyone there, all right? And he was very bloody, very very violent, extremely violent. And uh, this is what he did. This is what the Hawaiians did. And, you know, back in the olden days, the Hawaiians were very much savages. You know, on the island island of Hawaii, there is still an altar <laughs> where, there's still an altar where the old Hawaiians, this is before King Kamehameha, actually sacrificed other Hawaiians who were not worthy, um, I guess, to actually, uh, to actually change the weather. I and mean, they, they wanted to sacrifice humans to the to the gods to to pray for i guess as, as an offering for better weather or for better crops or or for better anything isn't that interesting you don't really learn that in school but they're very much savages they're, they weren't you know the the hawaiians of yesterday were not all about hula and loving and and aloha spirit no it was none of that there there was none of that there back then it was very much hey if you break these rules you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to die. In fact, the old kapu rules were very much racist. They're very much sexist, and they weren't. They're were, they're quite horrible because if you were if you were caught outside at night, I guess um I guess beyond the curfew, that's it. You're dead, completely dead. Um, if you were if you were actually uh standing in the shadow of the king, King Kamehameha, well, you were dead. You know, if you're a woman and, um, and you prepared food that looked like a banana or, or looked like a coconut, um, you were dead. Okay? Not cool at all. If, uh, women could not eat at the tables with men. If a woman did that, she was dead. Do you like this? I don't want to go back to those days. And I told him about that. I don't want to go back to Kapu days. I don't think a lot of Hawaiians want to go back to Kapu days. And he said, well, we're going to pick and choose the rules of what which rules which we actually want to, want to abide by. I said, okay, I can understand that. But then if you're talking about returning to the monarchy, why are we talking about returning? Why do we have to have a king or queen? Right? And then, and here's the other thing. So he said he wanted, he wanted everything to return to the old monarchy. So we would actually have a, have a monarchy, a, a, a very much a, a kingdom, but these kings would actually, would not be, um, would not be appointed by blood, but would, they would be, uh, elected. So it's kind of like a president. So these kings would actually hold, hold elections and, and the people of Hawaii would get to vote them in. And I said, well, what will stop these, pol- these kings who are just another, it's another form of politicians from not being corrupt? And he said, well, these kings will be held to, held to a higher power. They would be submissive to God, submissive to Jesus specifically. Really? How can we, how, how can we um, uh, I guess, uh, guarantee that? Now, I'm a man of God. I would love my leader to be um, you know, submissive to Jesus. I would love him to have morals you know, worthy of Jesus. 
But all of our politicians out there, Democrat and Republican, have said, hey, you know what, Jesus, we're all Christians and all that. I'm all, I'm all God-fearing Jesus person. And they're all corrupt. Every single one of them, right? Even have Mitt Romney out there saying, oh, I pray so often and everything. And I know the argument against Mormons, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. No. But even then, he's out there saying he's God-fearing. And all of a sudden, you get him in charge. You know, and then he's just, he's, he's corrupt, John Kasich, he's corrupt. John McCain, corrupt. Right? Biden, oh, he loves to go to church, corrupt. Nancy Pelosi, oh, just a church-going woman, loves, loves, loves going to church, corrupt. Corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. All the politicians, what would make a difference? What would make a difference between this Hawaiian king who says he loves God, he loves Jesus, right? How would he not be corrupt? And how would be, how would the other kings not be, not be as corrupt? And then if he, if he gets elected, Instead of having a legislature and a Supreme Court as a checks and balance here in Hawaii, he has supreme control over our life and the land that we actually live in, live on. So he can say, all of a sudden, if I say, say, you know what, I have a problem with this king, he can actually take away my house, take away my land, take away everything, shut down my business, and no courts can actually protest against it. Now, America may suck right now, right? Hawaii may suck right now. But at least there's a system, even though it's even though it's not perfect, there is a system in there where we can actually take things to court, even though some judges don't rule, you know, with the right with the right on the right side all the time. At least there's a system out there which we can say, "Hey, wait a minute, whoa, what is going on? Just just allow me to argue my position right here." So this is the problem again with the Hawaii sovereignty movement. What they want to do is they want to head back to the monarchy days, right? And it really doesn't fit. And they're pick and choosing, you know, what they want to do. Just just because they're under the impression that there's some type of victim out here. And they're, they're a victim of the, of the United States. And you know what? If they feel that way, that's fine. But again, here's the problem that what's, what's going on with this is that they're living in the past. They're not living in the present. And I kept telling him, you know, sir... You know, I don't want to live in the past. I want to live in the present. And he kept saying, no, you have to live in that time. Just live there. I said, if I live there, you know, I, I need to worry about how to make money now. I don't need to worry about what the Americans did to the Hawaiians back then. Because right now, it's not going to affect me. That's not my fight. That's really not my fight. My fight is actually paying for food to get money on the, paying for food that is overpriced and opening up my barbecue company. That's my major thing right now. Now, I also told him, I, I, I told him, how dare you come onto my property here, you know, and tell me, you know, if I want to be American, I have to leave, all right? And you want business from me? You know, you want to landscape my yard and you, you're coming out there, you're coming onto my property telling me if I believe in America, I have to leave? <laughs> I told him, that. I told him, that. I said, you know what? You're just as bad as the Americans back then that, t- that said to the Hawaiians, you have to leave, you're doing the same thing. But he didn't see it that way. He did not see it that way. He said, well, I have, a right to the, I, have, I have a right to your land. The Hawaiians have a right to your land, right? You know, the white people don't have a right to the land. The Hawaiians have a right to your land. Even though you paid for it, it doesn't matter because every single contract that went on since then is null and void. So this land, as, he, as, as much as he's concerned, is not our land. It's, it's the Hawaiians' land. And then I said, well, why are you asking me for permission to actually for you to act, to do the landscaping for? It doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> now, 
again, I'm being a little cocky over here, but that's also very true. See, this is, this is the problem. So, so he didn't know what to, what to say to me after I said these things. Because again, you know, he had this real big smile that came across his face because he knew he just got stumped. He knew for a fact he was getting, he was being a hypocrite and he was being the ugly American that he accused Americans of being. And I told him, you can't actually accuse all Americans of being this way. You know, and I, and I was going to go further. You know, I told him, if you actually want to succeed, succeed from the, the, um, from the United States and become a sovereign nation, you know, you should actually believe that you should actually have a, a really good plan in place, trade deals. You know, you know where, where would you get the money from? Where would you get the military from? And, you know, guess what he said? We would get the military from the United States. So we would actually lease out the land to the United States so they would still be here. Oh, that's pretty smart. So why the hell would they ever give up the land for? You're not going to win that in court. And how many locals, how many local Hawaiians actually would support this? How many would support this? And he, and he said not many. He actually said not many. He said a lot of local Hawaiians love the, love the United States and they want it to stay the same. I said, how many locals want to be, you know, want it to be a sovereign nation? Just locals, period, right? You said people who actually were born here. And, you know, a lot of my friends, and they're all born here, right? How many of them do you think would su- support sovereignty, support y- your plan of, again, giving up their fee simple land to the Hawaiian monarch and then asking for it back? How many of them, how many of them would actually support that? And he said, not many. So I said, if not many would support that, you know, why would this even be an argument? He says, because we're going to go to court and then we're going to take it back. We are going to take it. Take it, take it, take it. And I said, well, that just sounds like stealing. And he says, no, it's not. Because the land was stolen from us. We're just taking back. How can you steal something that has been stolen from you? Again, I told him, now you're, now you're actually arguing semantics and rhetoric over here. So I told him, that's where that conversation has to end. And I told him, if you want to actually talk about your landscaping, I'm willing to talk about it. Right? And, and, uh, and, and we went from there. So we started talking about landscape and everything kind of went, went, became pretty good. It was fine. But again, this is, and, and just to let you know, at the end of this entire conversation, you know, first of all, no one was yelling at each other. You know, these were myself and this gentleman over here. We were, we were expressing our opinions very passionately. By the way, I found out this gentleman here is actually a Trump supporter, is a guy who does not believe in all the mask requirements, the mask mandates, the lockdowns, or anything like that. He is a small businessman. I told him we agree on 99% of everything except for the sovereignty movement, all right? So, you know, I, I told him we have more common ground than anything else, but I disagree with you passionately, but I'm willing to have a conversation with you. And he's still a very good person. So you can, you can disagree with someone passionately. And at the end of the day, we became not friends, but good people. And I would, I would still be willing to hire him out. So he's going to actually be sending, sending our family a proposal on landscaping. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll really see what happens. But, you know, I don't mind working with people like that because not everyone's going to share my same opinion. Right. But we can also agree to disagree passionately. And that's what it comes down to. This is what happened today. What happened today um, was, was, an, it was what, what it, is what America is actually all about. It's, it's about the freedom of speech. Now, what can you not do under the Hawaiian monarch? You don't have freedom of speech. You cannot speak against the government. That is one of the kapu rules. All right. Now, would they install that? 
under the new Hawaiian monarch? I don't know. I really don't know. So, you know, there are some things which I agree and some things which I don't. But again, what I enjoyed today was just a very, very passionate conversation between two people. And that's what's actually, um, I guess, missing in this world today, in America these days. We can't have a conversation. You know, if we have a conversation of, say, about something about George Floyd, and you believe he was actually murdered, and I believe he was actually, uh, he died of fentanyl, all right? It was just very bad timing. You know, we can disagree passionately, but we can still be friends. In the, in the world today, because of, because of politics, Instagram, social media, and everything like that, people are literally unfriending each other because they, they fail to have a conversation. And I think that's a huge problem. All right, people, I've been talking for a little, for a little long time here. It's about 28 minutes in. I got to cut the commercial to pay the bills. When I come back, you know, I'm going to be talking about something else. I'm, I'm going to be talking about barbecue. I want it to be talking about movies. Um, so I'm going to be talking about barbecue. What I have right now in the refrigerator, I'm going to be cooking some short ribs tomorrow or, or today. I have to go to sleep so I can put these on the, put these on the grill today. Um, I want to talk about that. And um, yeah, I'm going to talk about some of these movies I just saw like uh, what, and what I thought about it. So uh, anyway, I will cut to that commercial right now. Don't go anywhere. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Scriptwriter Steve, and this is Barbecue to Movies. Wow, that was a really long intro section. That's a really long A block. Huh. <laughs> okay. I just kept going, going, and going. You know, I know, you know, when you do this professionally, you keep saying, you know, that you have the producer yelling in your ear, and they're saying, Steve, just wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, you know, but I don't have that, you know, that that producer in my ear. I am my own producer, right? And again, this is a podcast. It's not too professional. I don't make too much money from it. I make money when you book my wedding services. And one day, I think, I think, you know, when I start that barbecue to that barbecue restaurant of mine, and we have this, uh, this on a video podcast and we're showing things more on video of like how things are done and, and our, and we start reviewing movies and invite, start, start talking politics and have a little, like a little mini Joe Rogan thing going, you know, on there. Uh, I think we're, you know, this podcast will eventually become very, very profitable because we can start getting ad revenue, ad revenue in from like, you know, maybe, maybe, um, some of the local airlines, maybe the local hotels. And I think the ad revenue is in, it's going to be pretty good, to be honest. Um, did I ever tell you that I produced two TV shows over in Japan? Uh, one was called The Bridal Boutique, and another one was called Aloha Tengoku. I don't speak any Japanese, by the way. This was back when I was about 22, 23 years old, and this was with another company I owned called Kanu Girl Productions. Yeah, I was a television producer at one time before I was a wedding planner. Actually, before, yeah, before I was a wedding planner. So, 
what I did back then is that you know we got we looked for money as well. I was also the when you when you, when you produce when you do independent th- things, you also have to look for the money. So I was the executive producer and the producer. So you know I was able to to secure like you know um, I guess money from uh, the airlines and also from hotels. Um, they gave us a pretty good amount of money, really really good amount of money. You know enough money for us to sustain the production uh, of, of I think at least twelve episodes. Of every single of, of each show, so it was pretty good. And uh, on top of that, they put, they put some nice change in my pocket too. So this is the, so that so that part I think um, this podcast may actually do pretty well. Now, with all that being said, let's go back to what I was going to be talking about, which is barbecue. All right, barbecue and some movie quick movie reviews. And this segment, by the way, it won't be too long because uh, I talked a little bit too long on my A block. So what's happening today? Um, today is my, my parents, their anniversary. So I told them I would actually barbecue some things on the grill for them. We're going to be eating some short ribs, some barbecue short ribs. And, uh, just to let you know, barbecue short ribs is, is basically chuck. It's chuck. Okay. With the bone in. And, um, so if, if you ever want to smoke, um, chuck roast, chuck roast and beef ribs, they almost taste very much the same. Very, 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 very close to the same. They're just a different cut on the same, on the same, I guess, portion of meat in the cow. Now, right now, what I'm doing, and I think we should, you should do this to all of your meats if possible, um, is that I'm salt brining. I'm dry brining uh, the meat with salt right now. So I dry brined it earlier this day, or earlier today, um, put some salt on, on there, then just threw it, threw it in the fridge. I put on a lot of salt, by the way. And uh, and what what is dry brining? Well, first of all, dry brining is just a, a matter of just throwing salt onto meat, uh, whether it's fish or whether it's you know short ribs or anything like that, and just allowing that 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 salt to soak into the meat. Um, so you're going to put it on top of the meat, and what's going to happen immediately when you put it on top of the meat is that it's going to start drawing the moisture to the surface. That's not when you, that's not when you want to um, uh, barbecue your meat. By the way. You would want to wait until that moisture that is on the surface actually gets back and it gets absorbed back into the meat. So what happens when you initially you do a, you do a dry salt brine is you put your kosher salt on top of there, and uh, all of the moisture um, all of the moisture comes up from the middle of the meat and goes to the and goes to the surface, and then after a few hours, then all that moisture that's on the surface starts to go back into the middle of the meat. And now all of a sudden, what you have now is salt in the middle of your meat. So it what from what my from what I have learned, um, the salt brine penetrates your meat at about I think about an inch at the most. So the short ribs are about maybe I think they're about an inch and a half thick. So I think we're gonna be um, that that meat will, will the flavor will, will penetrate deep enough where I don't have to inject the meat at all. Now, if you're not salt brining it, then I think you you will have to inject the meat uh, to actually get flavor into your short rib. But if you have time, if you have time, salt it the day before, put it into the fridge, and then just you know allow the salt to just to to seep down into the middle by the bone. That's all you have to do. That's really it, people. And uh, salt brining, I, I like to do dry salt brines even on my, on my brisket, my salmon, my pork ribs. And I, when I do the salt brine, I only use salt. I don't use the other um, ingredients because they, they, what, what will happen is that, that those, those other dry ingredients will just get in the way 
of the entire brining process. So I don't put pepper on there. I don't put any type of um, um, other any other other seasonings on top of that salt brine because what happens that is that when that when when all that moisture draws to the surface, well, it won't draw. You, say for example, your onion powder, your garlic powder, your paprika, your sugar, your brown sugar back into the surface. In fact, it may actually inhibit the ability for that meat to draw all that flavor back into the middle of the meat. So again, you, you just want to put salt on there, salt in there for one day. And when you pull it out of the fridge, that's when you put all your other stuff on there, okay? All your other dry rub stuff on there. You just put it all on there after. So after after uh, I remove uh, the, when it's when, right before it's, it's time to barbecue, I'm going to take the ribs out of the fridge and then I'll put some pepper on top of it. That's about it. And then I'm going to throw it on the grill. And again, we're getting some a lot of our flavor. The majority of our flavor is going to come from the smoke, uh, very very clean smoke, um, very very good smoke. Because uh, movie guy Keone fixed my firebox and everything's working like a champ now. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. So that's all for the that's all for the barbecue talk for today. <sighs> I want to talk about some other things right here. I'm just going to touch upon these these subjects here. Uh, there's been some movies lately that have have come out in the theaters that have just been flat out bad um matrix resurrection one of the worst movies i've seen in a long time i think that's the worst movie of 2021 i'll be very serious with you now did i like the the first matrix i mean the 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 trilogy you know i liked the first one it was okay and i I rewatched the second and third one they were good they're good movies i'm not really that world didn't really work for me. I wasn't really like, you know, completely blown away with it. I said, wow, this is just great writing. But it's not a bad movie. It's, it's actually quite a good movie. It's a, it's a really good movie. It's entertaining. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, it's, it's just, it's just a very, very good movie. Okay. It's a very, very good trilogy that I could um, enjoy uh, and, uh, and not find many plot holes in it. It's a very great world that they built in. But... Uh, Resurrections, Matrix Resurrections is really equivalent equivalent to what um, The Last Jedi did to Star Wars, meaning The Last Jedi ruined the entire Star Wars franchise. This Matrix Resurrections, I think, actually ruined uh, the entire franchise. You know, it, it just, it, it almost felt as though it was sacrilegious. It was quite horrible. So I don't want to go more into it because uh, Pitmaster Keith and I, um, we're going to get into it. We're going to, uh, he didn't enjoy the movie either. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a separate podcast. Um, I may even get movie guy Keone on the podcast for the first time uh, so we can all talk about that. And you, you know, Movie guy Keone is a very interesting person. You know, you'll, you'll really like his opinion. You know, he still works in the movie industry. Uh, myself, I'm completely out of it. Um, and Keith, he is, he is a guy who um, he, he reads about two to three books uh, per per week. And most of them are all like sci-fi or fantasy. So he knows characters. So when I write my scripts or anything like that, um, <laughs> I always consult Keith. He's always there you know, by my side say, and uh, reading my scripts. And I'll, I'll send him a scene. I said, Keith, does this make sense? And he tells me, you know, you got a plot hole here, you got a plot hole here. That doesn't make sense. Maybe this could happen. And uh, you know, he's really great at creating characters. Uh, and even though he's not a writer, really cool. Um, so now the other movie which I want to get into was um, Kingsman. Kingsman, I just saw just recently. I would give that movie a solid C. Um, the script it was kind of all over the place. 
uh, you know, I don't know much about World War One, so I didn't really um, that movie. I, I didn't know. I, I I didn't know how 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 it would relate to World War One, and I know for a fact that if I knew more about World War One, I, I would enjoy that movie so much more because you know I believe the writers of Kingsman they're really playing off. Uh, really playing off reality, so you have to know what they're playing off of. But I don't know much of World War One. Now, what I don't like about that movie, and I'm going to say this with um, without saying any spoilers, is that it doesn't feel as though there's a very strong second act in there. Usually, movies are there's only three acts in there. You have your and you you break a movie into three small movies. So you have one movie, one movie is your your first act, and the first act talks about the life of your protagonist or your hero uh, before it was messed up, all right? Before it was messed up. Now, act two, the second part of the movie or the second movie in this entire thing is the life of your hero um, trying, to make, trying to make the best of his life after it was messed up, okay? And, uh, and basically things in, in, the, in the second act it it really doesn't it really doesn't pan out because in the in the first half, usually your character, your your, your hero is has no sense of direction. They're either lost. They're very not, they're not a very good version of themselves. And then in the second half of the second act, they're a better version of themselves. But now the external conflicts are are basically you know bearing down on them. So even though they try to be a better person. All the external conflicts are bearing down on them, and they can't. And they're, even though if they try to avoid those external conflicts and live their life normally, they can't because those external conflicts are just getting in the way. And Act Three is when your your protagonist has to finally confront those external conflicts to become a better person. Because if he doesn't, then he'll actually he he, he won't grow at the end. So he's forced into that situation. So that's where you have this character growth, this whole character arc. Now, in Kingsman, you don't have all of these character arcs. You don't have this long second act. You have like a an eight-act movie and all these small little movies, like, you know, little 10, 15-minute movies, all all within this long two-and-a-half-hour movie. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just along for the ride, and there's really no... There's really no direction. So some of these characters, you think, okay, this is... I, I can see where they're kind of going with this, but... It's not going there yet. You know, it, it just, it has no strong sense of direction uh, for Kingsman. Even though at the end when you watch it you, and you, and, and when everything kind of comes together at the end, it's, um, it's still not very clean. And uh, there, in, in other words, there's way too many subplots and not one strong plot line. Not one strong plot line whatsoever. And uh, and I and I that's the problem you have when you have too many characters and too many plot lines, and that's that's kind of the problem that even Star Wars has, right? Where you have like too many plot lines going in different directions. But here's the thing: at least every single plot line has to do with the main pot, plot line because it always intersects. In Kingsman, they actually don't. Not too much whatsoever. All right, people. That's it for the podcast for today. Uh, I will uh, be podcasting more often, hopefully this year. I'll be podcasting more often, hopefully in January, because I don't have as much wedding work uh, in January. Um, you know, January to March is usually a booking period. So for all of you brides out there, 
now's the time to start booking, inquiring for the rest of 2022. Uh, summertime gets really busy for me. But before then, it's kind of like vacation for me. I kind of like it. So I get to talk to a lot of brides, get a lot of money over down payments, and you know, start planning all these weddings. Um, yeah. So again, if you're inter- interested in a wedding here in Hawaii, give me a call. Photography, you know, family photos. I'm available. Uh, 2022 is looking really good. Book me before I start my barbecue company because I want to start my barbecue company. I don't know how much more, how much longer I'll be doing this. I'm very serious about that. So that's all I have to say for now. I will catch you around. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T-O Movies. Yeah, the T-O is not the number two, by the way. It is T-O, like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.